Welcome to the Small Church Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan McCurdy. And as we get started this year, we're going to talk about a few things here about visitors and follow-up. And we hosted um, a friend of mine, Josh Cox, a few weeks ago talking about visitor follow-up and those things in the church. Today we're going to talk about what happens when a visitor comes and visits your church. A guest, whatever you want to call them. Everybody has a little bit different uh, verbiage for that, and I think uh, has good reason. Maybe some have good reason for why they call them different things, and others don't really have a reason for why they call them what they call them. But whatever you call your visitors or guests, um, we need to take care of them when they are there. The best potential candidates we have for visitors are people who have already visited. And uh, in the business world, maybe you've heard, it's cheaper to keep a client than it is to go get a new one, right? To get a return customer. It's cheaper to do that than to go get new customers. And in the church world, although we're not as focused on finances or return on investment in the same way, it's a lot easier and cheaper and efficient to go after people who have visited once or twice than it is to go out and try to get new people to visit. And that's not to say we don't do both. We're obviously trying to get new people to visit our church and come uh, take part in that all the time. But sometimes it we lean so heavily into that maybe that we neglect those who have already visited. And so we need to have a plan in place for visitors, and we need to work that plan. Something I've discovered in being in various different sizes of churches, um, it's easier, it seems, to work your visitor plan when you have visitors every week. I know what it's like to go several weeks, maybe even a month or two, no visitors in the door, right? For whatever the reason. And sometimes that plan that you had in place, that you worked hard for, got people in place for, you really were going to go after this time, it dropped off because there were no visitors. And so Monday morning, Tuesday morning came, and you didn't have to put that plan into place. So you didn't because there was no visitor to do it with. And so now you have visitors show up, and it's like, oh, we got to get that plan going again. And so it's very important to keep working that plan whatever you have for, for your visitors. Once again, it's very easy for it to stagnate. And the more visitors you have, the easier it is to get that plan uh, going and continuing. But just because you don't have visitors for a few weeks or even a few months maybe, doesn't mean you just let that plan drop off, right? It's gotta be top of mind. You gotta be always thinking about it. You gotta always be executing it when it is there. Follow up, what we do with visitors needs to be a huge part of your church. This is obviously a massive reason we exist as a church is to get new people in to grow the church numerically. Now, there are different types of growth in a church. There's growth that causes the individuals that are already in the church to grow spiritually, but adding numbers, adding people to the church helps that as well, right? Helps the people internally. I know when new people come, when people get saved, people get baptized, people get plugged in, that helps the whole body grow spiritually. And so it's very important to have new people, and it's very important to take care of them and to go after them and to follow up on them, and it'd be a very important part of your ministry. Now, I'm stressing this to people who already know that, right? I just want to—it can't be overstated how important it is to value our guests and value the visitors that the Lord brings to our church. I don't know how many times visitors show up, and it's like, where did you come from? Right, we've knocked doors, we've done Facebook ads, whatever it is, every door direct mails, events, and then this person shows up that has had no contact with any of those things. And it's like, okay, where'd you find us? Right, how did you get here? 
And uh, maybe they looked online, maybe they didn't, they just showed up for whatever reason. Right? The Lord just brings us people sometimes. And I think he blesses our efforts and brings us people, but oftentimes it's just people we have had no contact with, with any of our other outreach efforts. They just come, and we need to steward those people well. The Bible says it's required among stewards that we be found faithful. And what greater stewardship do we have as a church than visitors and stewarding them? And, and bringing them into our church. Once again, I'm, I'm, I'm beating the dead horse that we all know, but it's something that I'm passionate about. And I think everybody in church leadership and church ministry needs to be passionate about the new people that God is bringing to us. A few things today, once again, we're going to talk about kind of your structure for when a visitor comes. And then in the following episodes, we're going to go over how to follow up with a church visitor, how to follow up with an event visitor. Maybe they came to a trunk or treat or a Christmas event or maybe like a sportsman's uh, wild game dinner event, right? Not a, not, a, not a normal service, how to follow up with them. And then how to follow up, hugely important. This is something that I know I'm not doing good at, is following up with outreach visitors. We go soul and we have a good contact or we lead somebody to the Lord. Do we have a plan for those people? Okay, so those are kind of the upcoming episodes that are in this vein. And we'll get a couple of uh, interviewers um, to come on and talk to us about those things as well. But in this episode, we're going to talk about church visitors. Number one, have a welcome team, whatever you want to call that. But have have some people there that are greeters, opening the door, greeting people. You need to have people you trust, though, that will do this the way you want it to be done. If your church is small enough where you can, or maybe you should as the pastor, you don't have those people there, or assistant pastor, whatever it is, volunteers, uh, assistant pastor, youth pastor, then you do it. All right, if there's not the people that are capable of doing this job effectively and doing a good job and executing the plan that you put together and you can do it yourself, just do it. If that's not your personality, if that's not what you're good at and you've got people in your church that are good at it, get them to do that. Make it very clear for, to them what the plan is, what you need for them to do. And show the vision. Say, hey, when visitors come, we need them to fill out a visitor card. We need them to be seated. We need to get them where they need to go. We need to be kind to them. All these things, make them feel comfortable. All these things. And then, you know, show them the follow-up plan that takes place after the visitor comes. Cast that vision to them. Show them, like, hey, you're a part of this. And, I, and, and the welcome team, the people that make that first impression, that greet them, are a huge part of moving this whole thing forward. This is a great place to put new people. Um, sometimes we look for places to put new people and it's difficult sometimes. A, it gets them in front of the church people as they come in, and B, it's not as awkward for them to ask somebody if they're new here or if, however you want to phrase that. Uh, there's some great resources out there that kind of teach you how to go about addressing new people that come because they are new themselves, right? They don't really know anybody very much, uh, maybe a handful of people. So it gets them in front of church people so they can get to know new people. And then you know, they're not going to feel like, oh, I'm offending this person if I ask because I don't know them because they don't really know anybody. So get some new people involved in that. It's a great way for to get new people involved. So number one, get the welcome team in place. Meet with them. Hey, have some checks and balances, you know, once, once, once or twice a year. Meet with that team. Go over it. I know some churches, they have a weekly meeting, monthly meeting to really emphasize, hey, it's what we're doing. Um, whatever you feel is necessary and whatever you feel is effective, get that in place. So do it. Do what you need to do in that area. Number two of utmost importance, collect information. How are you going to follow up on a visitor if you don't have any information? Um, you can't follow up on them if you don't have their info. Uh, you'll have to be direct with this though. Most people are not going to volunteer to give you their information. 
and enticing them with a branded church mug is probably not going to do it for them. Right, you're going to have to ask them, and that's okay. Uh, keep it simple. Name, email, phone number, address, whatever you, whatever you want to put on there, put on there. But just do this. Whatever you will use, put it on there. Whatever you will not use, don't put it on there. All right? So get your plan in place, your follow-up plan, and then put the necessary things on that guest card, that visitor card, that contact card. But don't put a bunch more if you're not going to use it. Less is more in this case. If you're not going to do anything with their address, don't ask for it. If you're not going to do anything with their phone number, I, I now I'd recommend you text them or call them, those type of things. But if you're not, if that's not part of your follow-up plan, it doesn't work, don't ask for it if you're not going to use it. Uh, get it down the road later on with some other type of form or entry thing. Um, but on that initial visitor card, get the essential information that you are going to use, and that's it. Uh, the less you put on that card, the better. Be sure to get what you need and are planning on using, period. Like, like live by that principle. Get what you need and what you're going to use. Uh, don't ask irrelevant information. Sometimes we see larger ministries. They can probably get away with asking maybe how old someone is, those types of things. Because they have a bunch of different classes, activities, even different people that reach out to different age groups. Smaller churches, we don't have this, right? We don't have 10 assistant pastors, 50 different Sunday school teachers that are reaching out to different age groups or different types of people. We don't have that. Uh, there's the pastor. There's maybe an assistant pastor. And, that, and that's probably it That is as far as executing follow-up. So knowing the age of someone um, probably isn't that important off the bat, right? You're probably going to be more likely to make a personal call or a visit and figure out how old they are yourself without needing to know it on the visitor card. Once again, a larger ministry, it may be more essential to them, but don't don't base what they do because they have things that like we don't have. And we have things that they don't have, right? We have that personal touch that a pastor, assistant pastor can call somebody. And some larger ministries don't have that. And so they have people in place to do those things. So don't just necessarily be like, oh, this big church does this on their visitor card. We should do that too. Assess why they do that. And assess how are you going to use that information that you've gathered from this person. So have a welcome team, collect info. Those are just paramount things. If the welcome team is bad, if you're not collecting information, then everything else is pretty much not going to happen, right? Uh, you're not going to follow up with them if you don't have the information. And if they had a bad first experience because your welcome team was terrible, it probably doesn't matter if you follow up on them. Uh, that's not true. But uh, you're, 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 on an uphill, you're, you're on an uphill battle. Number three, give them something in return. Now, this is where churches maybe tend to be cheesy. And you, you may look at what I, we give out and be like, that's cheesy too. Maybe. I don't know. Give them something in return though. It's kind of a gift. Um, I talked to Josh Cox, our friend, um, in the prior episodes. They don't they do not do a first-time visitor gift. They give, they kind of invest more money into somebody who's a little more serious. If that's the route you want to take, take it. If it's like maybe it's a third or fourth or fifth-time visitor or somebody who attends a different class or comes to something specific and you want to give them something there, uh, that's great. I think it's um, a good way to get some information in their hand and kind of show them that, hey, you know, you're special and we're glad you're here and thanks for taking the time to be here. Um, we're trying to create a good experience and a good time and a comfortable environment for these people as much as possible because for the most part, those things aren't happening for this person, right? They're coming to a church. I mean, have you ever visited a church? I've been to hundreds of churches as like a guest, as like a, a you know a singing group or things like that. But I have been to churches like as a visitor where you're like you're on vacation or you're driving through and it's just, it's awkward. It's awkward. And these people, 
are like me. I mean, you go slide in there, it's awkward, right? People come up and say hi to you. It's weird. Much less somebody who's not grown up in church, who's got up early Sunday morning when they're used to sleeping in maybe to come to church, right? So we want to, it's already an uphill battle and we're already like facing things of being awkward and weird and difficult for them. So we want to make that as easy as possible. We want them to like take a breath of relief and sigh and feel comfortable. And not that we compromise for that, but we don't have to compromise for people to be comfortable, right? Um, that's just relationship. That's just being nice and kind and loving. So we have a packet that has some info about our children's ministries, some of our senior activities. We got a guy in our church who manages all that, does a great job with our seniors. Um, Sunday school classes for adults, kids, teens, those things. And then a letter from the pastor. Um, we put a CD in there. That is some music from our church. And then we give them a, the book um, done by Carrie Schmidt. Uh, it's a little book and it's a, an easy read. And it gives them, it's a way to give them the gospel um, very, uh, not discreetly, but clearly, but easily. And, you know, people value books. Even if they don't read it, they look at this packet, hey, you know, there's a CD, there's a book, there's some value in there. And um, even even if, once again, they don't read it or, or move forward with it, uh, it's uh, I've put some value in their hands. Some people do books, some people do mugs, tumblers, um, gift cards. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, they do a gift card to Chick-fil-A. I mean, that's, that's awesome right there. Only downside is you can't use it that day when you go to church. But, you know, if you can do those types of things, you can afford them, um, do it. Uh, value your visitors. I, I put together some numbers last year of like, okay, here's how much money we're spending on outreach. And then here's how much money you're spending on visitors when they come to the door. And it's like, those two numbers should be very similar or, or the visitor one should be higher. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to depress or push down outreach. I'm trying to elevate the fact that when somebody walks in our door, they need to be well taken care of. They need to be loved. They need to be felt comfortable. And we need to value that greatly, but we don't want to swing too hard. Okay. Don't overload them. All right. I got when I worked in church in Michigan, the pastor brought back a packet from a church and that he had he had spoke at, and it was like every single piece of material that this church had ever produced, bought, or whatever, it must have been in this flyer, right? They had a camp, they had youth conferences, they had, you know, like an RU program, they had, you know, every flyer that had come out of that church for the past 10 years, it seemed like, was, was jammed in this packet. And it was just like, okay, most of this is not relevant to me. Put things that are relevant. Put things that are helpful. Okay, don't overload them though. Make it simple. Make it easy. Don't don't just go too extreme. So there's 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 ditches on both sides here, right? But don't overload them. Oh, like every piece of information we've ever. This is not to. This is not a travel guide. This isn't like the pamphlet folder at a hotel when you go to like a, um, a tourist area that you're just trying to get them every single pamphlet that ever existed in that area of things to do. No, you're just trying to get them things that are helpful, clear, simple. Something I'm currently working on for our church is a map of the building because our building is very spread out. It's like an acre of building. It's, it's an old school, so it's very spread out. But if you have a smaller smaller building, you know, don't sweat that type of thing, right? Think like, okay, we just got some signage up better in our building because it was really hard to find things. There's long hallways, classrooms. It's hard to find stuff. So getting some signage up, getting maybe a map in the um, visitor packet so that way people know where the nurseries, junior church, Sunday schools, restrooms, auditorium, those type of things are. But if that's not relevant for your building, then don't don't put that in there. Number four is here, take them where they need to go. This is a huge one. I think this is a missing piece 
that I've seen in the past is where we have a visitor, right? So walk, walk through the whole visitor process, right? They drive in, they walk through your door, they get welcomed, they get taken to the visitor counter, they get a card filled out. What next? What next? They need to be taken where they need to go. Do they have kids? It's Sunday school. Take them and their kids to the Sunday school classroom. Don't just cut them loose. If they have children that are nursery age, take them to the nursery. Introduce them to the nursery worker. Um, don't just cut them loose at the welcome center after they filled out this card. Dead sure don't cut them loose once they just walk in the door. If it's time for the main service, here's one we're trying. I'm trying to implement and not doing a great job at it, but I really I did for a couple of our like Christmas and Easter events and really like to get it going, just as a normal thing. But take them to find a seat with someone and then introduce them. Your welcome team member should take that person from the door, take them to the welcome center, have them fill out the welcome center card. If you have somebody working that desk, great. Be with them as they fill that card. Once they're done, take them to Sunday school. Introduce them to somebody and sit by them. That person should then take them to church and have them sit by them or find them somebody to sit by. Take them to the auditorium. If somebody comes in just for the service, they should come and take them to the welcome center, fill out the guest card, and then be taken to the auditorium. Find somebody for them to sit by. Now, this is kind of another phase of that, is get some people that are on standby, that know, hey, if a visitor's here, they're going to sit by me. Now, I have some seats reserved here, because so-and-so on the welcome team is going to come find me if there's a visitor and sit them next to me. Find somebody to sit this person by, introduce them, and make that person a good person, too, that's going to talk. But if that welcome person, the person at the welcome team that's moving people from, from the door to the welcome desk and now finding them a seat, if that's the person that needs to have them sit by them in church, do it. But don't just leave these people in the auditorium to go find their own seat and to sit by themselves. We've got to get away from that. I know that's something we've struggled with. It's just people walking in. They get greeted well. They get their visitor card filled out. People are nice to them. And they come and sit by in the service by themselves. And I sit at the platform, I look out, and I think, why do we have visitors sitting by themselves? It's totally unnecessary. And this is not the way it should be. Don't let visitors sit by themselves. And they shouldn't just be sat by themselves and then somebody awkwardly come up and talk to them. No, they should go be sat by somebody. Go sit by somebody, introduce to them. I remember sitting on the platform one Sunday and there was some, some lady sitting by herself, single lady. I'm not sure if she had rode the bus in or whatever. And I asked somebody to go over and sit by her, and they were like, well, it's kind of late in the service. It's going to be awkward to go move in the middle of the service, go sit by this person. And it's like, no. You know what's awkward? Getting up Sunday morning, going to a brand new church, going to church in general, going there. Everybody seems like they have their life together. And you're going to church, and you normally don't, so you probably realize your life isn't all together. Walking in, making it to the auditorium, not knowing anybody. And then just sitting there by yourself. Through the singing, not really knowing any of the songs. Through the preaching, maybe not having really a Bible with you, so you're just sitting there. There's all these people open this book and read it, and you just kind of sit there uncomfortably, awkwardly, not knowing anybody, not knowing what's going on. And then going home. Whatever awkwardness it takes to go sit by somebody in a service, that person has already been in a more awkward position by coming to your church. Overcome that. We've got to. So I can't stress enough the importance of making people feel welcome when they get to your church. Making them feel 
comfortable and not, you know, we can say all day long, like, you know, you come into the church house, you should feel a little uncomfortable with the word of God. And I, I agree, right? I agree. The preaching should, should agitate, not in a bad way, but agitate your spirit, right? Make you observe the differences and feel, make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. I get that. But as far as like relationally, how people feel when they come in, they should feel comfortable as much as possible, right? Cause they don't, they don't feel comfortable. So let's just, let's just understand that they don't. So we have to overcome that, make them feel comfortable, sit with people in church, find them people to sit by, be very intentional about this, take them where they need to go. Um, have people a part of your welcome team that save seats for visitors and know if a visitor is there, they will be coming to sit by them. You know, there's a lot of people in your church that maybe won't go soul winning, won't tell people about Jesus, won't give people the gospel, won't fill in the blank, won't sing in the choir, won't teach Sunday school for whatever reason. Maybe they can't, but they can sit by somebody. They can carry on a conversation. They can be kind to somebody. Put people in that position. Number five, you're making a very important impression on the visitor and it needs to be good. Right, we really, really don't have an option to make a good impression or not. Right, we need to do this. It's not like, well, hopefully it's a good impression. We need to be intentional about having a good impression. Having clean, well-labeled restrooms is important. People knowing, people don't want to ask, "Oh, where's the restroom?" Right, that's an awkward question to ask. Have it well marked where your restroom is located. Make it clean. Make it smell good. Just a little pointer though, like don't make it smell too good. All right, nobody wants to walk into a bathroom and take this huge whiff and be like, "Man, that smells amazing." All right, you don't want to take a big whiff when you walk in the bathroom. Make it smell clean. It doesn't have to smell like cookies baking or whatever scent you buy it, whatever Glade scent you buy at the store, right? It doesn't need to be just like incredible. But pick a clean smell that that smells like that smells clean. Like when you go pick a scent, pick a scent that smells clean. It doesn't have to be in their face just smacking them with wonderful scent, just a clean scent. Making someone feel safe about where their child is is important. Uh, your nurseries, that they're well-staffed, that they're well-maintained, that they're clean, that people feel, okay, my child is secure when I drop them off at junior church or nursery or Sunday school. Very important things to be cognizant of and to be aware of and be very intentional about. So number one, have a welcome team. Number two, collect info. Number three, give them something in return. Number four, take them where they need to go. Number five, you're making an impression on them, make it a good one. So many churches are not prepared for visitors, so one of two things happen. Number one, they don't get visitors. If you're not ready for visitors, what makes you think God's going to bring you visitors? Right? We need to plan and prepare for visitors. Number two, thing that doesn't happen when we don't prepare for visitors, is they don't come back. When we get there, they get there, and it's like, I am invading this thing. I am, I am, I'm crashing this church's party. They should not feel that way, right? They should feel, and that's why some people call them guests, right? Because they have prepared for them. A visitor shows up unknowingly. You didn't know they were going to show up. They're visiting, right? They're just checking it out. They're just visiting. They're just there unbeknownst to you. A guest is prepared for, right? A guest has a room ready, right, at your home. A guest has food ready for them, has things ready, prepared for them because they're a guest, right? You're ready for them. And that's why some people have gone to that that verbiage that they call there. They don't call them visitors, they call them guests because they've prepared and they're ready for them. Whether you call them that or not, that's the mindset. Be prepared, be ready for them. Because if you're not, you're not going to get them. Or when you do get them, they're not going to come back. That should be our mindset. We need to be ready for visitors, A, so they come, and B, so they come back. We put so much work into soul winning, outreach, advertising, social media, Emails, all good things. I mean, all good things. I do all of them. You need to do more of them. 
and we do so much more even to get the gospel out and the word out about our church. Then a visitor shows up and we totally botch it because we're unprepared. This should not be the case for you, for me, for any church. We should be prepared for visitors to come. We should be ready for them to come and excited and anticipate their coming. I hope these things have been helpful for you, maybe inspirational, maybe kind of recalibrate how you view a guest, a visitor, a first-timer at your church, and assess what's happening. Walk through it. Like physically go outside and walk through your church as a first-time visitor. I understand you can't recreate a first impression. You can't recreate all the things that you already know. But just try as hard as you can. Go outside. I mean, physically do it. Walk outside your church doors. Walk up to them and imagine what is happening to this visitor as they're walking through. Walk through the path you want that visitor to go through from the from being welcomed. Maybe it starts in the parking lot for you. I don't know. Some churches do that. They have things going on in the parking lot. Maybe it's in the parking lot. But at the doors with the greeter to the visitor counter, what's happening there, to making the visitor card look nice, what information's on there, how long is it going to take them to fill it out, to taking them to nurseries or Sunday school classes or pointing out, hey, here, there's the restroom, or taking them to the auditorium to find them a seat. Walk through that process and figure out what's going to be best for your church and then implement it. And then once again, it's going to, it, the, the tendency, the temptation is going to be, well, we haven't had visitors for weeks. And I mean, let's just be honest, that's hap- that happens often. We haven't had visitors for weeks, so this plan just dropped. Don't let that happen. Don't let it happen. So once again, I hope this episode has been helpful. Hope there's some things you can apply practically. The next few episodes, we're going to be going over church visitors. Those are those are taking those that we just walked through this path, what to do with follow-up, how to follow up on them. Next, we're going to talk about event visitors, right? Those that come to a to your church, but for an event, maybe not for a normal service or for some type of different event that's not a church service, how to follow up on them, what to do. And then thirdly, outreach contacts. I'm really excited about that. All of these really, it's just, I love it. And outreach contacts, those who are good contacts, out souling. You know, we've talked to people before. We had a really good conversation. Maybe they got saved at the door. Maybe they didn't, but we really want to move that relationship forward. And what do we do next? We got to have a plan. We got to have a plan. It's got to be a plan that is implementable by all of your people, right? A plan that is recipro- that it can be replicated. So anybody can take this and say, hey, you had a good contact at the door. I need X information. Just to give you a little hint, it's email. I'm crazy about it, but we're missing, we're missing the boat here on our contacts out door-to-door soul winning out in our other outreach efforts, and we need to capitalize on it. And um, so I got some good ideas there for you, and I'm really looking forward this year here at our church, implementing some of those things. So lots to talk about here in 2023 about small church marketing. And I hope you join us, share it with others. I hope it's a help to you. Um, I take this time to really be a help, and I hope it is to some people. So thanks for joining us. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you haven't subscribed, please do leave us a rating, share it with others. And um, this is kind of a unique space of people that are in this space of promoting their church, advertising their church, and I hope it's a help to you. Once again, my email will be in the description. If there's anything I can help you with, shoot me an email and we'll catch you on the next episode.